Shout, be your anthem, your renown. 
sing. That's good. Why don't you guys go ahead and have a seat? Glad you're here tonight. Uh, thank you so much uh, for coming and taking this time to, to worship. Tonight's going to be a, a little bit different from our normal uh, Wednesday night service. This is going to be a night of worship and a night of prayer. And we're really going to put a focus uh, on our own individual relationship with the Lord and loving Him and drawing uh, near to Him. So the whole format of the service uh, is going to be different. We're going to have you having more worship, uh, time of prayer. I'll be leading us through that time of prayer. And I've asked a chance to kick off tonight uh, in sharing with us uh, His heart for worship and also God's heart uh, for worship. So we're we're going to ask him to step out from behind the instruments and share a bit with us from uh, God's word. So would you please welcome our worship pastor, Chance. Hey guys. Is everybody doing okay? Yep. Um, I think it's awesome that I don't have to ask this question here, but did you bring your Bibles? Yes? Cool. So we're going to be in John... Four. Um, it's I've I've shared one time before here. It was at a night of worship we did. I think it was two years ago now. Um, we're due for another one, you know. And I really enjoyed it. And I don't have you know the most wisdom in the world by any means. But I do know that I've, I've really prayed and I've asked God to sort of reveal some things to me that maybe we can grow in and maybe we can um, join together in as a church. You know what I'm saying? So uh, if you'll receive this, hoping uh, that it's from the Lord, that'd be awesome. So uh, as I've thought about, like, as Eric and I have talked about this, like to share my heart on worship, it really led me down a few different paths. And where I ended up is, is simply kind of what is worship, you know? And you can go through the Bible and there's verse after verse all over it that talks about what worship is. And one particular set stood out to me. It's here in John 4, the woman at the well. And it's a real common story. And as I, I read through it with these eyes, um, some new things sort of jumped out to me. So hopefully they will to you as well. And we're going to go real fast. And it's not going to be a, a teaching, so to say, because um, we're going to get to putting this into practice tonight quick. So uh, just kind of go with me down this road. So first off, See if this sounds familiar to anybody. Um, it's Sunday morning. You've got your family, right? Maybe some of you have kids. Maybe some of you don't have kids. But for this illustration, we're going to have kids because that's what I deal with on a daily basis, right? Um, so it's Sunday morning. Everybody's getting up, probably at different times. Probably somebody's overslept. You're getting dressed. you got to get the kids fed. you got to get yourself fed. And um, it's just a general, overall stressful situation. And you get in the car to head to church, and selfish dad says, oh, man, I totally forgot to drink my coffee this morning. So we're going to have to stop at Starbucks on the way to church. And a selfless mother says, no, nope, we got to get to church. We're, we're going to miss it. You know, we don't have time for your coffee. And the dad says this statement, we have time for coffee. We'll just miss the beginning. It's only worship. Right? Have any of you ever said that before? I think I've even said it before. And I'm the worship guy, you know? And so uh, the goal there is not to, like, convict or cast blame. But I, I want us to be challenged on this, you know? Like, it's not just worship. 
it's not okay to miss the first part of what we do. You know, it's, it's not, you can't think of it that way. Um, of course, no one's going to get in trouble. But is it just worship to you sometimes, you know? And as we look at this, let's, let's just read through this story here. Um, and as we do, keep that in mind. Like, what has worship in this corporate setting with music and what we do here? You know, what does that become to us in our church? So I'm going to blow through these verses here. Let's read, um, starting in verse 1. Uh, Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee, but he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar. I've always heard in pronouncing Bible uh, cities and names, you just kind of got to pick it and go for it. And so Sychar is what we're going for. Um, Near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. So right off the bat, there's something crazy going on. You know, you guys all know this story in the context. It's, it's crazy in general for a man to be talking to a woman like this in a public place, and especially a Samaritan woman when you've got a Jew, Jesus. Um, so immediately, all, a lot of social barriers are being broken down. And this lady wakes up. She's like, oh, there's something going on here. So, um, and then it goes on. It continues, verse 10. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So here's the first, the first big point, the first like turning point, okay? Um, this is the first time that Jesus said, if you knew, he brings up this idea of knowledge. If you knew who it was you're talking to, then you would do something else. Your knowledge is going to create a response. And if, woman, if you knew what you were doing in this situation, then your reaction would have to change by the laws of nature because of who, who you're talking to. You know what I mean? So knowledge equals a response of some sort. So keep that in mind. Let's continue on here. Verse 11. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. So what's he doing here? He's revealing to her the truth. He's expanding her knowledge, isn't he? Um, And he knows that when you have the true knowledge of what he's saying, your response to that knowledge is going to be altered from the way it was before you had that knowledge. And as a parent, um, I see this in action quite a bit. My son Jace, my oldest boy, is three-ish, three and a half, and he knows me. In many ways, he knows that I love him. He knows that, that generally I um, am kind of fun sometimes. 
And sometimes when I get home from work after a long day, he sees me, his arms go in the air. I've seen him, you know, get really excited here lately and run to me and give me a big hug, right? And then other times, um, we, Jace really likes cartoons. And we let him watch cartoons every now and then, okay? I know that's controversial in some circles, but he watches some cartoons. The dude loves him some cartoons. And um, we also know, me and my wife, that it's not always good for a kid to sit and watch cartoons. They need to get outside and get dirty and do some stuff. Um, so occasionally, we'll say, all right, Jace, cartoons are done. Now, if Jace knew that I had great intentions for him, and he knew beyond a shadow of a doubt his knowledge was accurate, his response to that statement probably would be different than it always is. Because he's not responding thinking that I'm good and, and have the best thing for him. You know what I'm saying? So Jesus knows this here. He's like, man, if this lady really understands, then, then her response is going to be totally different. So an accurate knowledge of something not only causes a response, but it causes an accurate response as opposed to inaccurate knowledge causing an inaccurate response. You follow me? So let's go on. Verse 15. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. And Jesus said to her, go, call your husband, and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, yeah, you have well said, I have no husband, because you have five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not even your husband, in that you, in that you spoke truly. Man, he called her out, didn't he? All of a sudden, he, he gets really, really like intimate with her and personal and brings like what's under the surface way up to the top. He makes her vulnerable. He shows her that, that she's got to break down the walls she's putting up. There are no walls, in fact. I know everything, right? So he's breaking down her personal, personal protection. And then he goes on, and the, and the big verses are, are coming here. Um, Okay, verse 19. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. That's it. That's where we're just going to pause and be done and talk about this for just a second. Um, how many times have we heard worship in spirit and truth? I mean, it's countless, right? That's the, that's the Christianese thing to say. Um, what is real worship? It's worshiping in spirit and truth, you know. How much have you actually thought about what, what that really could mean at the core? And an interesting word in that verse, verse 24, jumped out at me in this. It says, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Um, that word must really, really carries a lot of weight. It's saying it's not an option, isn't it? He's not saying those who worship have the choice to worship in spirit and or truth. He's saying, if you're worshiping, you must be worshiping in spirit and truth. There's two things here. So what is truth? Um, I believe it's the knowledge of who God is. That's the only real truth we can count on. Where do you find that? Right here in the Bible. Also from his personal revelation to you in all the many ways that God reveals himself. Through music, through art, through uh, the mountains, 
through his still small voice in your head, through his Holy Spirit at work. That all equals truth. Um, truth is found in the Bible and where God reveals it. So what is spirit? This is a hard one for me. Um, and I may, I may give an answer here with flawed theology. I don't claim it to be right. I'm just trying my best here. You know what I mean? Um, but to me, spirit is who we really are. It's the thing that God is after. It's our soul. It's the, the piece of us that, that creates these emotions, that gives life into our eyes, um, underneath the surface, underneath our thoughts. The motivation behind what's happening is our spirit. You know what I mean? And it's, it's, it's truly like the lifeblood in our veins. Uh, if you take the spirit out of a person, we become just a body. Um, it's us who we really are, chance. My spirit is what makes me chance. Um, so let's apply this to our church here. You know what I think is that we excel greatly at truth. Most of you guys have a Bible here tonight. Most of you came really, really hungry uh, to learn something about God. We put such a good value on truth and such an emphasis on it, and it's awesome. We excel at it. Wouldn't you say? There's so many churches that, that are lacking in, in truth in the Bible. Um, that's not us. But let me ask you this question as a, a great challenge to consider for each of you. Does the truth that we soak up every week in and out, both here at church and in our daily lives, are you letting that truth affect your soul? When it happens, can you feel the weight of God's glory affecting you on the inside? Does it affect your emotions? Can you feel it in your soul? Do you let it become so much a part of you that it can, can heal your broken heart, that it can totally change the way that you do finances, that it can, can restore and change your marriage? Is the truth penetrating in a manner that it reaches your spirit? And I mean, that's a question that only you can answer and only I can answer for myself. Um, but God knows, God sees it. Don't, don't let yourself be a hard shell that receives the truth and let it stop when it hits that shell. We've got to soften down and let it go all the way in, you know, and let it become a part, an innate part of who we are. And since this is a night of worship and prayer, let's talk about what that means for a corporate worship setting like we uh, partake in each and every Wednesday night and each and every weekend. Um, do you guys think that there's truth, as we've described it, knowledge of God, his word? Is there truth to be found during worship when we sing songs? What do you think, yeah? I hope so. Something that I, I, I try to pride myself on as a worship leader, I, I've got a lot of administrative responsibilities for this worship team. And one thing I really, really try to do is I try to make sure that our songs are accurate and that they speak truth of who God is. And I guarantee if you listen to the lyrics, if you read the lyrics on the screen, if you join us in, you will find truth about who God is that can enhance your knowledge of him. And here's the thing, when you sing these songs, are you noticing the truth that's happening? Or are you focusing on the music? Are you focusing on the melodies? Are you focusing on the sound? What's running through your mind? Is it, is it, man, that guy's voice is weird? Or why on earth is that dude wearing that on stage? Why does he have a bandana in his pocket? When, are they, when is he going to have that person back up there singing, the one that's actually good? Are you thinking those things? Or are you thinking uh, the demons shake at the mention of your name, the great I am? You know? 
there's truth there, and then there's variables that we've got to learn to ignore. Um, and here's, here's the other thing that, that I want to challenge us on and challenge myself on, too. Um, the knowledge of God and that truth should be so invasive in our lives that when it comes time to worship him, when we gather for these corporate settings, and I'm using the term worship like specifically for singing because that's what we're doing tonight. But when we come to those things, the knowledge of God in our hearts should be so thick that we don't have to search for the motivation to, to praise his name. Because it's been happening all week, every week, and accurate knowledge should elicit an accurate response to that knowledge. And if we know these things about God, how can we not? How can we not come to worship him? Um, we should be sp sprinting to church to get to worship on time. Because here's, here's the thing. Music is an easy thing for Satan to use in a negative way. And he wants to. I believe that our worship time not only prepares us for more teaching, but it's our response to the teachings we've already received. It's our response to your week full of Bible study and your week full of the Holy Spirit speaking into your life and doing these things all over the place. How can we miss that? How can we, how can we say, well, it's just the worship part. I've got to get there for the teaching. You know? Yeah, the teaching's important. Maybe, maybe more important. I don't know how God looks at it. But I do know this, that if we don't respond to the teaching, if we don't let it penetrate our soul and our emotions and let it bring us to this point of tears and thanksgiving and adoration and praise, what's the teaching doing for us other than giving us a rule book? I don't want to be a rule book follower. I want to be in relationship with the living God, and I want to thank him and praise him because I know him. That's the only accurate response, isn't it? So the more we know about God, the more we can appreciate him. The more we appreciate him, the deeper our worship can go. And the deeper our worship goes, um, the more God is glorified. And if you take out truth and or spirit, we lose something. Worshiping in truth without spirit is dry and passionless. And it makes us scared to move and lift our hands. Worshiping with spirit but no truth is uh, fake emotions. Because we have to have that truth to know who we're worshiping. When you put the both of them together, we get what God had planned from the beginning. A natural cause and effect. I know who God is, therefore I must worship him. See what I'm saying? So, we're going to worship God tonight. We're going to sing a bunch of songs. We're going to pray. And all of these songs have truth about the Lord. Can you focus on that truth for tonight? Yeah. Can you focus on that? And for tonight, let everything else go. I say that a lot from up here. You know, let your distractions from your week go. Let that stuff go. And instead, focus on what God has done. What has he revealed to you about himself this week? What did you learn last weekend Take that knowledge, that new knowledge of who God is, and apply it to your spirit. Let your soul be moved by it. Feel the weight of glory on your soul tonight. And look for it in these songs. Some of these songs we're going to sing next are some of my favorites. And if you can't find God's truth in here, then there's an issue. Because they're just dripping with it. So let's pray, and let's go to his throne in truth. Let's stand up and pray together. Father, we thank you so much. We thank you that you're good, that you've given us knowledge of who you are, Lord. We thank you that 
God, that you're alive and well and that you're interacting with us on a daily basis. Holy Spirit, that you're teaching us new things, that you are constantly trying to expand our knowledge of who you are, that you are completely, completely good, Lord, in every way possible. And I pray tonight, Lord, that you would inspire us in worship in a new and a fresh way. God, that in the melodies of these songs, in the words, in the lyrics, that you would come to life, Lord, that your truth would be on display in a way like never before, that we would understand that you are the great I am. God, that we'd understand that the mountains shake and tremble at your name. And just be praised, Father.
We're amazed at your love. We praise you tonight for who you are. We respond to you based on that knowledge, and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys can have a seat. It's great to worship, isn't it? I'm going to read a couple of sections of scriptures and then lead us in a time of prayer through those sections of scripture. I w- was really encouraged this morning in reading my devotions in Exodus where you have the law being given and God really sets his holiness and his boundaries between us and him based on our unrighteousness and his holiness. And, and then you get to this place in the law where God says, I'll meet with my people at the mercy seat. And God just really spoke uh, to my heart that he always has met with his people based on his mercy. Because I was just having one of those mornings where I was like, God, I don't deserve to meet with you. You, I, I mean, I don't know why you would even meet with me. And the Lord just reminded me, it's not about you, it's about your mercy. And this passage that I'm gonna read, it's all about love and our hearts uh, being in love with the Lord. So just take it in and listen to it and then we'll pray it in. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, these things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you test those who say they are apostles and are not and have found them liars. And you've persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your first love. Remember therefore from whence you've fallen, repent 
and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. But this you have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Let's pray together. Father, we pause and we ask that you would give us ears to hear what the Spirit would say to this church tonight. And we acknowledge that you're in our midst. And we welcome you here. Father, we're humbled and we're grateful that you love us. That it's an unconditional love. You never leave us. You never forsake us. Our sin can never be greater than your mercy and your kindness. And what you desire and what you ask for in return is love. More than a clean resume, more than the works that we do for you. That's what you're after, is you're after our love. And we choose to give you our love afresh tonight. And take a moment to examine your heart before God. And this prayer time is going to be us before the Lord, your heart before the Lord, my heart before the Lord. Just listen to his voice. Listen to what he would speak to you. my relationship with my wife, Amber, what I desire is love more than works or you fill in the blank with, with this or that. It's a, it's a heart of love. And that's what she so graciously gives. And we know our hearts tonight and God wants to bring us back to himself. And if that's you in your heart and you say, you know, what? I've, I've left my first love. I'm not in love with the Lord like I once was. You know, maybe in the back, some of the youth that's in here tonight, maybe you've never fallen in love with the Lord. You look around and you see people that are in love with the Lord, but God's not real to you. And tonight, would you give him your heart? Would you give him your love? Would you respond with your, your spirit? Maybe even as a young person, you know what it is to have a time where you wept over the things of God, but now your heart's hard and your heart's distracted and would you come back? Maybe you're not in the youth group and you've been walking with the Lord for some time, but there's been something missing. You go, it's love. The love's gone. And the Lord's saying, that's what I want. That's what I desire. He knows your name and he desires your love. I want you to be a worshiper even more than a worker. And if that's you, just respond to the Lord in your heart. Do exactly what Ephesians 2 tells you. Father, we just ask in Jesus' name that there would be a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit that would result in love in our lives, that we would be in love with you. We want the first love and we want a greater love. 
more than anything else for Rocky Mountain Calvary, God, this is what we desire to know your love. You initiated the love. You have given yourself freely to us. It's grace, it's your goodness, it's the knowledge of you. And we wanna respond to that by laying ourselves down afresh on your altar to be a living sacrifice. Jesus, you're it, you're our life. You're what we long for, it's what we live for. And yet we're fallen, we're broken. We ask that you would break us down, God. That you would cause us to be transparent before you, just like the woman at the well, that you see these areas of our lives. We wanna give them to you. Or would you awaken our love to you? Even as I read this psalm, make it your prayer unto the Lord. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness. According to the multitude of your tender mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is always before you. Against you and you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. That you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness, that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, the God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. For you do not desire sacrifice, or I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. Do good in your good pleasure to Zion. Build the walls of Jerusalem. Then you shall be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering and whole burnt offering. Then they shall offer bulls on your altar. If there was a section of this psalm that stood out to you, now just in your heart, quietly pray it out to the Lord, cry it out to the Lord, make it yours tonight.
Father, we pray your word, have mercy upon us according to your loving kindness, according to your tender mercies. God, would you be merciful to us? Would you be gracious to us? Would you be merciful in our relationships with our spouses? God, would you pour out your blessing on each marriage? Would you be gracious in our relationship with our children? Lord, would you be merciful to all those who are single and bless them with great friendship? Lord, would you be merciful to our our youth, Father? God, would you be gracious to our land and to our country? We pray that you would wash us. We can't cleanse ourselves. We need you to wash us. Would you purge us? We acknowledge our sin before you. We don't run from you, God. You see it, you know it. You see our pride, our bitterness, our arrogance, our lust, our covetousness, our anger. Lord, we we pour that out before you. We ask for your forgiveness and your cleansing and your transformation. There's a prayer in this psalm that you would release from guilt. God, would you release us from that guilt, that guilt of bloodshed, that condemnation that the enemy brings to our hearts and our minds, those images that come. Father, would you set us free? And in Jesus' name, would you restore to us the joy of our salvation? Jesus, we thank you that we're saved. We thank you that we're your sons, that we're your daughters, that our name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Lord, would you hold us by your gracious spirit? God, you don't desire sacrifice. You don't desire us approaching you through the law. Lord, you desire broken and contrite spirits. And God, we break our hearts before you. We need you, God. Would you give us a message? Could we teach transgressors your way of grace, God? Fill our mouth with your praises. Fill our mouths with your goodness. God, I pray for those tonight that just feel like a, a desert. They feel like a parched place. Would you refresh them? Would you pour out a torrent of water upon their soul? Would you give them that living water? Would you cause the waste places to come to life? The places of rejection, places of divorce, the places of abuse, places of doubt. God, would you heal the brokenhearted? for the comfortable tonight. Lord, those of us that are not shaken, that are not moved, Lord, would you break our little kingdoms? Would you break down our walls and cause us to trust in you? I love the end of this psalm. Lord, in your good pleasure, would you build up the walls of Jerusalem? And in your good pleasure, would you build up the walls of our lives, God? We pray for every good thing that you desire for this church. Everything that's in your heart and that's your will, may your will be done. Anything that's not, we don't want it. Lord, in our lives, we desire every good thing that you desire to give. 
We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. Lord, we stand as forgiven people. And may the love that you've so freely given to us may just explode in love for you. Baptize us afresh in your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together. The worship team is going to make their way up. And let's continue worshiping the Lord and pouring out our hearts uh, to the Lord. Let's respond to his goodness. sing tonight, just continue to lift your voice. We're just going to sing a few songs for here to end the night. We'll take communion in a bit, but for now, just focus on these words. Lord, I come and I confess and bowing here I find my rest and without you
Set free, oh, oh, 
talked about finding truth in the worship songs and that's a scripture right there it's for freedom he set me free amen let's declare that with gratitude tonight and thank him for it
draws near and my time has come still my soul will sing your praise unending ten thousand years and then forever play just a couple more songs here and as I do uh, the communion elements are here up front just like every other Wednesday um, feel free to make your way forward and I challenge you tonight to not just just take the elements and leave um, but let it mean something again let, let your spirit soak in and feel the weight of the glory of our God put your knowledge to practice tonight as you as you praise him for what he did on the cross glorify the Lord in this time. So feel free to come as you as you like. If you need prayer, uh, there'll be people up here on the sides that can pray with you and talk with you. But don't let this time pass. Go ahead and come as you like.
are stronger than the power of the grave. You're constant in the trial and the change. This one thing remains. This one thing remains. It's your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. It's your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. It's your Thank you. 
Amen. I hope you guys have an awesome week. God bless you.